に上がら関係ねえ<笑> Shall we begin? The winter is coming I can do this all day Tear down this wall Greetings, our fellow listeners, and let me introduce you to our first ever guest. He overpassed the path from depth to wealth. And in this discussion, we will try to give you some valuable inputs how to do it yourself. Stocks, digital assets, and real estate. He has it all in his diverse portfolio. And as he says, and I quote, his mouth has zero filters. So we will keep it genuine, uncensored, and unscripted. Welcome, Zachary Jurgensen, to the 18th episode of Ikuzos Unscripted Podcast. And how you doing? Fantastic, guys. I'm glad we were able to coordinate this. Love the energy you guys are already giving me. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a great episode. And again, we're just going to dig into the things that, you know, you guys are, are more interested in making sure that your audience understands better. And again, this is one episode over here. You know, if there are ultimate uh, additional, ultimately additional questions that someone has that's been that listens to your guys's platform, no such thing as a stupid question. Go ahead and reach out to me. I want to empower you with the ability to design the life you want to live via financial freedom. Yeah, thank you. Uh, listen, the starting off, you know, when uh, we got to connect with each other, uh, you reached out to us, and we reached out to you later. Uh, while I was uh, digging some information about you and uh, listening to a couple of episodes of your podcast, I mean, uh, do you agree, would you say that your uh, podcast is about generally about educating people about finances and uh, genuinely, is it about common workings or economics that every man can understand and should understand? And on top of that, I want to ask you, like, how do you think, how important is the uh, basic financial edu education for a common citizen of this world? Yeah, so to answer the first part of your question, definitely it's two parts. One part is definitely I want to educate people that they can manage their own money and they can design the life they want to live. And the way I do that is taking some of these things that aren't always necessarily explained in the most easiest concepts or most manageable bite-sized pieces because that's how I learn. I, I, any, any fool can make something more complex. It takes a real stroke of genius for someone to take a complex concept and dumbify it to a point where I can explain it to someone that has zero base of knowledge in this space, but can understand it through storytelling and analogies. And the other, the other side of that equation too is there's enough financial podcasts out there, okay? I pair it with deeper philosophical thought on what a truly wealthy life lived is. And so understanding what is enough for you, because at the end of the day, this world we live in where we're just consuming and capitalism and like we need to grow and grow and grow and do and do and do and consume and consume and achieve and achieve like before you know it, you're going to be 60 and your whole life you've been just been doing this hamster wheel bullshit. Instead of just taking a step back and going, okay, what do I really want to do in life? And if that's what I really want to do in life, then all I need is 500,000, a million, 2 million, 3 million. You know, like I don't need to just perpetually keep doing this psychotic behavior rather than me just taking some time and understanding the things I want to do. So I merge my financial education with deeper philosophical thought that uh, helps people identify what their truest, wealthiest life is. And your truest, we truest, wealthiest life is, isn't the most amount of money. That is one slice of it. That is one aspect of it. 
There is so much more that goes into it. Contentment, joy, happiness, the ability to travel, the flexibility to go do things like family. If you want to have a family, like financial, financial aspect is one small sliver of it. And we can get into later what the definition of wealth is. And that's an important message I like to drive home as well. What was the second part? Oh, you were talking about the uh, basic financial education for your common citizen. I think it's extremely important because the way things are set up, it is forever stacked out of your favor. Like I cannot go offshore billions of dollars like Apple and not pay taxes. Okay. I have to pay taxes. So I need to know the tax game. I need to know what a W-2 is. I need to know what my 1099 is. I need to know what investments are going to help me make more investments. Like I don't advocate for bonds, like bonds, like they're negative returns. And then if you add inflation on it, you're losing money by staying invested in bonds. So what are some things that you can do to fight back and combat this inflation eating away and stagflation of, of wages not increasing and things like that? You need to be investing in the stock market. You need to be investing in real estate. You need to be investing in digital assets like you know stable coins and altcoins in the cryptocurrency space. That is the only way you're going to get ahead in life. If you just want to stockpile and save money between inflation and you you not moving your income up, it's just a loser's game. You got to get in the game. You got to get uncomfortable and learn this stuff. Otherwise, you're just going to perpetually just be hamster wheeling. Yeah, yeah, I understand you. Uh, but uh, one interesting thing that I caught that you said there is uh, uh, when is enough enough, you know, and you go on to talk about what means to be wealthy, and you said you'll explain it later, but what is financial freedom to you? Is it just like having a million dollars, like you said, three million, five million? Is it the ability to do whatever you want? Or what is, anyway, your definition of uh, financial freedom? So my definition of it is based on the way I'm living right now. So everyone's going to have a different definition. My definition is being able to understand what enough is for you and go pursue and do the things you want to do in life. Because if you're able to go do the things you want to do in life, like I think this world could be a very amazing place if people were able to identify what enough is for them, achieve financial freedom in their late 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, and then push all of their creative juices into the things that they really want to be doing. You know, like I guarantee everyone working at a fucking McDonald's right now does not want to be flipping burgers. That is not their passion. They don't want to do that. They're doing it because they need to bat at this idea that I need to capture the necessities. I got to pay my water bill. I got to pay my electricity bill. I got to cover rent. I got like, but if you can just offset this idea that I need to continually, what I call it is well signaling. And so what's well signaling? Well signaling is this idea that, oh, I got a promotion. Okay. Cause I got a promotion. I got to move into a nicer apartment. Oh, I got another promotion because I got another promotion. Now I need to buy a real fast, nice BMW. Oh, now I got this. Now I got to buy that. Oh, now and now, now my income came up here. Now I got to consume this. Now I got to get a bigger house. Now I got to, and like, it just never stops. And so like, you just, just taking a step back and going like, why am I doing this? The reason I'm doing it more, more often than not is external pressures or, or, or an external narrative saying you need, you need to buy this BMW. Otherwise women will be attracted to you. You need to get this bigger house. So that way everyone knows you're successful. You need, and you, we build these things out in our head and it's not even our, uh, us in control. It's an assumption about what everyone else is going to think about us between marketing and then just this push to consume. So detaching from that thought and then going, what do I want out of life? 
if you want to go drive around in a truck in North America, Canada, and South America and camp places, you don't need millions of dollars to go do that. But it's still a wealthy life lived for that individual because they identified the things they want to do in life. Yeah, and you you have seen the both sides. You, you have seen the life in depth, and you have you are now living in wealth, let's say. And for you, what's uh, what was that signal that it is enough? Because I believe you stopped. You are now podcasting, photography, and uh, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, I again, I, I I liken two paradigm shifts, and also I got lucky, right place, right time, because like. I there was no intention of me probably stopping, but I thought for the longest time, I'm going to get to that millionaire status and then I'll be happy and then I'll be content and then I'll be joyful. And as I got closer and closer and closer to that number, I was just like, okay, when does the joy kick in? Well, when does the happiness kick in? And I'm like, what is going on? Like I'm getting closer and closer to this number. I told myself and I promised myself I'd be happy at this number. I've been doing this. I've been praising at the altar of money and success for a decade. Why am I not getting these things that I've been told I'm going to get once I have all this money? And I didn't get it. And so I really like that was a very panicky moment for me. And so I really had to pull back and just go, okay, Whatever I was told, whatever I was promised, that's not working in my head. So I need to start figuring out how to do another paradigm shift. And so what I started looking at is pushing into Eastern medicine, meditation, understanding the ideas, really, really starting to read on how is the emotion of joy invoked? How is the emotion of contentment invoked? How is the emotion of, jo of joyfulness invoked? And guess what? Money is not in that equation of uh, uh a majority of the time. I'm not going to discount you need some money for some happiness, i.e. food in your belly, you know, have a house over your head. Like that's obviously going to create some happiness, joy and contentment. But above and beyond those basic necessities, it really starts becoming a, a game up here rather than a game of earning more earning more green things. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so it's like the dog that is the chasing the the car, but when he get to that car, he he doesn't know what to do with them. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great example. That I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna run with that one sometimes for sure. Yeah, but uh, you mentioned like uh, you know, like my friend said, you know, chasing the car and you, you chase it. Uh, but do you think? Like, and not just talking about financially. Do you think? Do you think that person is just some goals always that is the beauty in the journey and not in the destination. Do you agree with that, you know, sort of quote and something like that? Do you agree with that? You know, there is absolutely. If you're working on the right, if you're working within the right framework, I was very much someone that went point A, point B, point C. And that from that point A to point B, I didn't enjoy that. I was just focused on the point B. And then from point B to point C, I didn't enjoy from point B to point C. I just was focused on the point C. And one of the analogies that I give now is, why do we play video games? For the challenge. For the challenge. We don't, look, don't get me wrong. You can punch in a bunch of cheat codes and play a video game, but guess what? It's fun for about 20 minutes and then you get bored with it. Yeah. We play video games for the challenge. We like the fact that this boss is harder or that level's harder or if I upgrade I get this armor or if I get or if I level up I get to unlock this area of the game. Like that's enjoying that's enjoying the journey. 
Like you don't buy video games just to immediately get to the end of the game. You like the struggle. You like the challenge. It makes you think. It makes you work on things. And so apply that same narrative or that same logic to your life. Like a pre, I, I don't want to say enjoy the enjoy the the struggles that exist ahead of you, but like learn to appreciate them and learn to understand it's part of the game that is your life. Yeah, nice. So earlier you mentioned that today you are going to some crypto convention, right? Yeah. And yep. you now today everyone is talking about crypto. Everyone, uh, you know, Bitcoin is so great and everything. But I think that most of the people are talking about the crypto without knowing what the cryptocurrencies are, just because it is, it's cool, you know. So yeah. what are you, your views on cryptocurrencies and its future? Okay, first off... If you're someone that knows nothing about this space, but you want to get some exposure to the things that are the amazing things that are happening in this space, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana. Okay. I can get into a later date and explain why I'm saying invest in those, but they are considered stable coins at this point. You have a lot of people that are just throwing money at things because the media said it or they heard it on a Reddit thread or this, that, or the other, and they're not doing their due diligence. And so, you know, there's tons of tons of meme coins out there and stuff like that. And I'm not saying their money can't be made on a meme coin, but guess what? It's a joke and jokes get old. And, and so like, if you keep using the same joke for a year, your friends are going to be like, dude, get some new material. We're over you. Like same thing is with a meme coin. Like it's funny for right now, but I'm telling you like, Joke's going to get old and people are going to pile right out of it and go find a different joke. And so I don't like to focus on any of that stuff. I like to focus on things that like have fundamental long-term value or can create agent of change that is going to help benefit the world and help decentralize things and help redistribute wealth. Like that is what I am focused on this crypto space. So again, if you don't know what you're doing, but you still want exposure to this space, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana are going to be your safest plays. Above and beyond that, you really need to start getting used to the verbiage, the lingo, doing the research, where you're finding the research, going through Discord channels, going through Reddit channels. Like, and then obviously there's other avenues to go find and go find and research coins too. But to sit there and go, my barber told me to get into this while he was yeah. cutting my hair. Like that is not good information. And if it's not money you're willing to watch, go to absolute. In general, zero, even regardless of whether you get it from your barber or you get it from someone like me or or whoever, like you need to understand this is still a very volatile arena. There will be money that's made, but it's speculative and it's risky relative to real estate and the stock market. So you need to be okay potentially watching that money go to zero because there is a chance that could happen. Less of a chance in stable coins like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana. Uh, just uh, you know to you know have a question before the question. Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, you mentioned like uh, the that people like my friend mentioned. You know, people think uh, they just get into it because it's popular. Uh, mm. But do you agree that maybe some people can make money because of it and maybe get cocky, think they are financial wizards and. Uh, maybe try something else, uh, like try invest in the real estate and uh, that doesn't work out for them. But do you think that people get cocky like that, you know, uh, thinking, oh yeah. oh, yeah, I made some money off the Bitcoin and now, now I can conquer the world. <laughs> do you think that happens? Yeah, um, 
I, I think the most dangerous thing that can happen to you as an investor and someone that's focused on building and retaining their wealth is getting a home run with no experience. Because now in your head, you got that home run. And so what do you think? Oh, I'm going to step up to the plate and I'm going to get another home run. And then I'm going to crack another one out of the park. But if you look at the statistics of baseball, home runs are very rare. Okay, The way you win baseball games is by hitting singles and doubles. That is how you win baseball games, to consistently hit singles and doubles. Look, if you get a home run, that's great. But don't think you're going to step right back up to the plate and get another home run. You're either going to strike out, you're going to get a single, a double, maybe even a triple. And so if you get a home run after you've been consistently hitting singles and doubles, I think it sets you up for even more success because now you have a larger chunk of change and you can go back into deploying and hitting those singles and doubles. But yeah, to, to, to people that are new to the space and they just got really lucky, called the right thing at the right time, and now they think they're some guru or expert, that is a very dangerous line to toe because now mentally they think they can always hit home runs. And now they're going to get other people to make them believe they think they can hit a home runs. I am sitting here right now telling you I am not a home run guy. I am not going to sit here and promise you that you're going to make 6,000% on a token that I dropped to you that I let you know about. I'm going to let you know the due diligence I did. I'm going to let you know what the long-term value I think of it is. And it's a long-term hold for me. It's not. I'm not going to tell you like it's going to flip and turn 6,000%. And let me tell you, I have spent tons of money on when I was younger trying to figure this whole thing out on like gurus and they're like, Oh, you give me $500. I'll tell you what the next 12 coins are that are going to turn into 5,000% or, you know, you tell me, you give me, you give me $300 a month and I'm going to let you know the next stocks that are just going to take off. Like I have wasted money day trading in Forex. I have wasted money day trading in the stock market. I have wasted money on gurus that promise me the world and give me absolutely nothing. And through that, pain was pain was acquired, but there was learning that was acquired as well. And so what I've learned is I'm going to diversify as much as I can across real estate, the stock market, and the crypto market. And through that, I'm going to diverse I'm going to reduce my risk, not bet, not put everything all on black, not bet on one horse, and I'm going to bet on all the horses. Yeah, am I going to make as much as the one guy that called the right horse? No. Guess what? For every one of those guys, there's hundreds of losers. I don't want to be the hundreds of losers. I want to be the guy that's riding in the middle, that's coasting, that has all my time back because I'm not sitting in front of a computer doing chart analysis and all this other stuff. And I have the time to go do the things I want to do in this world. Yeah. And the cryptocurrency, you know, it's not the fiat money. So the government has no role in it, you know, but do you think that the government will try to involve uh, itself somehow into these blockchains of uh, cryptocurrencies? Because, you know, there are some economists that say that gold will have new big moment and some say that the Bitcoin is the new digital gold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would agree that <clears throat> Bitcoin is probably the digital gold. They're actually, I forgot where I read it, but Bitcoin in its infancy, it used to be ultimately Bitcoin would get liquidated into currency, you know, whether it's the U.S. dollar or, or, or the, or the uh, British pound or, or, or the euro or whatever it is. And so as Bitcoin has matured and uh, created more believed and perceived value by the masses, actually what's starting to happen is people stop the buck at Bitcoin. They no longer liquidate it into a fiat currency. 
And so you have these people investing in altcoins and NFTs and all these other things. They'll actually just recycle it back into Bitcoin. They will not take it a step further. They will keep it at Bitcoin and they will not uh, liquidate it into a reserve currency. That right there is showing that there is a large belief in this. On top of, I don't know if you guys heard about El Salvador. El Salvador adopted it, uh, adopted Bitcoin as a legal tender. Yeah, yeah, so that happened. That was huge news. And then I don't know if you guys heard about China too, but China last year said no more Bitcoin mining. And there's actually this amazing report called the Masari Report. You can Google it. It's free. Uh, it's a 2022 crypto thesis. And in section three, there's a chart that shows how much Bitcoin mining China was doing. And then they said, you know what? No, we're not going to do this because they're threatened. They're threatened by the competition. They're threatened by the ability to control the legal currency in their ecosystem. They don't like that fact that they don't have control. They're scared by it. And I think a lot of people in power are scared by this because they've been controlling the narrative for decades. Governments and, and, and people in power and ultra wealthy people and ultra wealthy corporations have been controlling the narrative for decades, keeping us suppressed. And then those are the those are the people calling the shots manipulating the market, doing this, doing that. And so China says, China said, you know what? I, I don't want to deal with this. So they said, I'm done. No more mining. It's illegal as of right now. The chart literally shows in the course of like a month or two, all of that Bitcoin mining operation getting slurped up by the United States, Canada, Ireland. I, I didn't realize it, but Kazakhstan is a large Bitcoin mining operation. I never would have guessed that. And there were a few other countries, but like the fact that an entire large powerful country said i don't want i don't want to deal with this competition i'm just going to knock you out of the park and literally the globe said oh i'll eat your free lunch because there's value here you have these macro things happening at such a higher level than 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 me looking at a technical analysis chart and so like if i could give you the biggest piece of advice when looking at becoming successful in investing like look at the mega trends you have some people looking at five-minute charts, technical analysis, this, that, and the other. That's cool. Like, but I want the mega trend working for me. The trend is always going to be your friend. That's like someone literally like diving in and going, oh man, this tire at this tire company, this specific model tire, this is the one. This is the one that's going to get it. When I'm sitting here looking at automotive, automotive companies are great. Like they make, they make tons of cars globally, logistically, all that stuff. So for, because there's so many cars being made and it's being, and they're being used everywhere, I'm just going to invest in a majority of the tire companies. I no longer have to think, I no longer have to stress out. I'm not believing on any one tire company, but I understand the mega trend of automotive industries here to stay and people need tires in order to operate. That's going to help me get my time back while still winning because I'm looking at the mega trends. You know, here's the fan fact for you. Actually, here in Montenegro, first uh, payment with Bitcoin was previous year, and it was a cow. You know, so these a farmers cow? are not, yeah, these farmers okay. are doing the mega trends. You know, and our Secretary of Finance came out with a plan to make Bitcoin reserves for the country. So I think that that's awesome, man. I I think yeah. that's such a great, especially for just look, man. I I got nothing against America, but like. Yeah. The people in power over here, um, they like to control the narrative in a lot of places and stuff like that. And we're the reserve currency. And so with that, we, you know, we have a lot of power and things like that. But like 
countries like El Salvador and countries like Montenegro, like you guys are getting into this stuff earlier. And because you're getting into it earlier, like your countries are going to have better wealth redistribution and like everyone's going to be happier. And like that's that's the narrative I see happening just because it's decentralized. There's no central power or authority telling you what you can do anymore. And I, you know, because of that, there's checks and balances amongst a population. So like if someone doesn't like what someone else is doing, like there's 20 other transactions happening to make sure that that person's trying to falsify things. That's not going to fly. Fuck you. Get out of here. We're tired of banks manipulating numbers. We're tired of accounting firms and auditing firms manipulating numbers. So, you know, stock market companies can still post record highs, even though we know it's fake. We know it's behind a closed door and shadowed. Whereas all of this blockchain stuff is so transparent and the amount of computational power you would need to offset that and be able to start forging fake transactions is damn near impossible. Yeah, and as Lucas said earlier, the majority here on whole Eastern Balkan, uh, Europe, you know, it, it just knows about crypto and they, they still believe in these gurus and everything. And they think that they that, that if they buy around uh, Bitcoin for around one hundred of dollars, they will go rich overnight, you know, and they, mm. they, are, they don't have even a single idea what it really is. And now uh, I have sent you about the P network, you know, it's a new so, cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, I actually, unfortunately, I totally zoned on that i saw you said that so why don't you run down why don't you run me down what the p network is and then we'll yeah. just kind of do this on the fly well p network it, it arrived uh, around a couple of years ago you and everybody and you get uh, one p coin when you started and everyone was so crazy about it uh, p coin was so so great at the moment uh, bitcoin was so great at the moment and they, everyone uh, uh, installed this app called p network and got that referral code and you know it was uh, the classic example of pyramid scheme but you know mm. the, they went to through three phases and now they are in the pre-phase, uh, uh, pre-main network. They are testing it and they are, uh, I believe, in the start of the next year going uh, to start the blockchain. No? Okay. And yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, again, and again, I've done literally, I totally zoned on that. That's my apologies. But uh, sounds like you can just like start mining these things on your mobile phone. Yeah, they they wanted to, uh, like to make some new cryptocurrency that everyone will have the chance to start mining, you know, with no mm. investment, and it started growing around the world. Yeah, but the Interesting. problem, as as my friend said, you know, uh, you know, it's not the sure thing. It's just something you know that everybody can get into. But a lot of people here, you know, uh, that got to know about it were like, uh, yeah, we're gonna. Uh, mine some of these coins in here is gonna grow uh, we're gonna be rich our family is gonna be rich we're gonna buy bmws and shit <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's always funny. the promise man yeah it's uh, it's the funny over that p network kind of me and my friend you know we realize how how tricky is the, the cryptocurrency to the public and how it all seems like oh this is easy but you know it's it's not it is really not and I didn't I didn't expect my time to be spent as much as it has been on learning this space but the reason I want to learn this space is because I have my time. I know the people supporting my podcast, the people listening to my podcast, 
a lot of them are still working. And like, by the time you're done working, you know, your nine to five job or whatever you have, and then you go to the gym or you got to go catch up with friends or family at dinner and like you're in bed and you're up doing it again. Like, and so because I have my time and I'm all about this DIY wealth, like designing the life you want to live, like I'm trying to learn this landscape as fast as possible and, and help dumbify it. So that way I can educate people on it in simple layman terms that I understand. And I know if I understand it, because like, that's the only way I learn, I have to really stupefy things. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh yeah, you need to know JavaScript and, and C++ Python. And, and then, you know, this one had a double fork and a single fork. And then if you do that, you got to stake it. And then you can do yield farming. Like, I that's not how I learn. And like, I, you know, like I think, a lot of people in this space love to just continue keeping it complex. Whereas I'm like, no, 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 no. I appreciate what you're doing here. I appreciate maybe what you're trying to explain, but like your average person doesn't have computer programming skills and understands all of this jargon and how you're explaining it. So I really am just focused on dumbifying this stuff, sharing that information with people like you guys and people that are listening and people that are supporting my podcast. So that way you can build your wealth faster because I do believe this is going to be an asset class that's going to grow much faster relative to real estate in the stock market. I'm not saying don't get real estate and don't invest in the stock market. Well, why I'm focusing so much on this is because it's a new asset class. It's going to grow faster. And I've already built my base out. I've already built my base out. I got, I got rental properties bringing me in cash. I got the stock market bringing me in cash. I get a little bit of disability from the military because of things that happened to me while I was in the Marine Corps. And so between all of those, I, and, and, you know, additionally, I have tokens now, cryptocurrency tokens staked. That's another stream of income that's bringing me in money. But because I'm learning how to bring in money through a stream of income with cryptocurrency, I think it's the most lowest barrier to entry and fastest time to goal for someone to be able to design the life they want to live moving forward, especially younger people. Yeah, And you mentioned that you have some tokens, right? NFTs. Yes. And now NFTs are popular. popular. And, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and tell me, I'm the digital artist. I have some arts. And for the person like me, what does the NFT means? How should I put my NFTs on the marketplace? Before I get to that question, there is something that is massively getting pushed wrong uh, regarding NFTs. If you're an artist and you want to do NFTs and you want to sell your art via non-fungible tokens, I have absolutely no problem doing that. 90% of the NFT space is not about art. The yeah. more information I've been... F Say again? Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, you see, so you guys know too. Like, I there are... Even the media pushes like art, art, art. Oh, it's art, it's art. No, it's not. 90% of this NFT stuff is not art. It's a ticket into a community that is trying to build and create things. And if you find the right community, if you find the smartest, the smarter guys in the room that are really trying to build things that make sense and shake things up, you now have that golden ticket in to the things they are going to continue to build, to the opportunities to get ICOs, to the opportunities to get coin airdrops, to the opportunities where you get whitelisted and you're able to purchase opportunities before everyone else gets into them. That's where the value of a lot of NFTs are derived from. But for all of those NFTs that do have value, 
There's tens of thousands of them that don't have any value. And it's just someone trying to scam someone or someone just trying to pull, pull the rug out from under someone, run away with a bag full of cash. And you have literally no idea how to track that person down because that's one of the things that's loved about decentralized cryptocurrency. It's anonymous. I, you know, I can't go, you know, pursue a lawsuit with someone when I don't know who I don't know. And so you just have these people running away with bags of cash and like, it's unfortunate, but again, that's why it's important to do your due diligence and like get control of fear and greed in your world. Don't let FOMO and I'm guilty of it. I already lost three grand in NFTs. Like, but that's the ticket. That's the price I had to pay to learn that space a little bit more, you know? I, I've lost money in real estate. I've lost money in the stock market. It's, you don't know what you don't know. And then as soon as you get hit with something, it's like that hurt. I don't want to do that again. So what am I going to learn from this situation? So that's the biggest thing Re regarding your situation. You know, if you genuinely are an artist and it's something you want to start looking at doing, like you need to first create demand for your product and then like you need to market appropriately and then you need to create belief in you know i think one of the biggest pushes with this nft stuff is that like we're gonna do something with this money other than just let one person hoard it so if you want to create an nft gr uh group of artwork and you let people know 25 percent of those sales are going to go to help saving the coral reef well you've already got me on signed on because i'm huge about saving the coral reefs I, I love the ocean. I love water. And so now you're speaking to me on things that matter in my world. And so if I can help you and I can donate to the coral reefs, okay, that's something I can get behind. But if you're just going to sell your art to sell your art in this digital asset space where we're all about decentralization and sharing the wealth and redistributing the wealth, I don't think you'll have a very successful time doing it. Uh, listen, we we talk about NFTs and, and cryptocurrency. Uh, and how great it is, how it builds, you know, financial freedom. It can build. Uh, it's not can, guaranteed. Yep. Nothing is guaranteed. But tell me, you mentioned real estate and stock market. Do you think those are still like valuable investments? Do you think people should still invest in it? Because uh, real estate is one of the businesses I would like to get into the future. Do you think that's still the, the thing that can generate a lot of money and uh, is a good investment? Yeah, so real estate is where I hold a majority of my net worth. Um, I am going to be moving into a larger position uh, into the digital asset space, um, as you guys can clearly tell at this point, based on the way I'm talking and stuff like that. But again, the reason I'm pouring so much time and heavy effort into understanding this stuff is because I've already built my base out. My base, a majority of my base is real estate. Okay, I have four rental properties. These four rental properties... One of them's an Airbnb. The other two are long-term rentals. And then I have a primary house. Like between all four of them, it generates, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for me to cover my mortgage, to cover the rent, to cover the mortgages of the rentals, to pay for food, to get flights to go to places like Cryptopia that I'm going up to in Salt Lake. And like that's even with all of this digital stuff emerging, people will always need a roof over their head. So it's a relatively safe investment that's still going to cash flow you. And the kicker and the best thing about real estate too is if inflation goes up, if the cost of living goes up, I still have a fixed 30-year mortgage rate that I'm paying. That doesn't change in my world. I get to raise my rents though because the cost of living just went up. And like, 
I'm not trying to screw anyone over. I'm just trying to be fair. I'm not going to charge the lowest end of the rent. I'm not going to charge the highest. But if inflation happens, if cost of living happens, I, and I need to bump up my my rental by $150, $200, then I'm going to do that because I want to keep my purchasing power. If you don't move your rent up and you keep having inflation and cost of living uh, move up, you, for every, let's say, you know, let's say inflation was 10% and you got a $1,000 rental check coming in, you now effectively have $900 because 10% of inflation you know, blew that out of the park. And so that's one of the beautiful things about real estate. I never lose my purchasing power, ever. Um, and so the easiest way I got into it because I didn't have a lot of money is I would live in a house for a year and because you're buying it as a primary house. And again, I don't know what the rules and regulations are out in uh, Montenegro, but um, uh, out here in, in the... America, you have to put 20% down if you're an investor. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So as a primary homeowner, you only have to put like 3.5% or 5% down or 0% down if you're a veteran and you have a VA loan. So I'm a veteran. I have a VA loan. Regardless, 3%, 5%, 0%, way less than 20%. I would buy one, live in it, put renters in the rooms. I would house hack it. So that way I'm saving up to buy another one. And then I would, after a year, I would move out of that one, keep it as a rental, but I didn't have to put 20% down and I got a better interest rate. And then I would rinse and repeat and do it again. And then I did it again. And then I did it again. And now I'm at a point at 31 where instead of coming to 20% down and a worse interest rate for each one of those properties, I just did it with 0% down or 5% down, had people move in, pay the mortgage for that year. I would save that mortgage payment, build it up. Now I have another down payment, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And so like this stuff can be done with relatively low amounts of money. It's just, you need to know how to do it. You need to understand the loopholes a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, the inflation and uh uh, listen, inflation can be called uh, the public enemy number one. Uh, what is your viewpoint on this globally emerging problem? Because I can tell you, uh, we are a European country and uh, we mm. have uh, a euro as uh, our currency. And because yep. uh, can all countries have a euro and it's controlled by the European Union, uh, it's kind of easier for us to control the inflation, but it is still a problem on the domestic level. How do you think... Uh, that affects dollar and inflation in general, how it affects everyone. I mean, it affects everyone. It's just, especially because we're operating in this world where like wages are not moving up. People are not getting the same amount of opportunities that, um, at least out here in America. Out here in America, there was definitely a golden era that existed, you know, probably between the 1950s and 1980s. And like from there, it's been a slow, continual decline on the amount of money one can make relative to the costs that keep increasing. I did a really great episode on inflation over uh, uh, on the DIY Wealth podcast. Go check it out uh, for anyone that wants to learn this stuff a little bit better. But like college costs are up 213%. You know, medical costs are up hundreds of percent. People are paying 18% of their income into childcare costs instead of 2% like they were in 1970. Uh, real estate is up 337 percent since 1950. Like, but the wages aren't moving up. So, like, and now you have inflation attacking your money even more regarding the purchasing power. And like, so now you got this kid fresh out of college that's working a thirty thousand dollar job at Yelp, but the houses are three hundred thousand dollars, and he's got one hundred twenty thousand dollars of college loan debt. Like, you're not getting ahead 
like just mathematically looking at that, you're not going to get ahead. And so again, I really believe this digital currency space is going to be a, a, a large savior for younger generations because what is like what is the, in America? I make a joke sometimes like the aliens could invade earth and the fed would be like, all right, cut interest rates and print more money. Like that's their, that's, that's their fucking solution to everything. And guess what? It's not working. Like, hello, wake up. Like it's not fucking working. You guys have been doing this and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And now we're, we're dealing with inflation. We haven't seen since the 1980s. And like, so what's going to be, what's going to be the rock? What's going to be the lighthouse? What's going to be the saving beacon? I think that's going to be digital currency. I really do. And and if you think about it enough, like if I get paid in Ethereum by working in the metaverse or working digitally or whatever, and Ethereum's worth, you know what? I don't even know what's trading at today, but like three, $4,000 for one Ethereum. But if I'm getting paid in Ethereum and it's worth much more and it's appreciating much more than a US dollar. And, I, you know, let's play, let's play an example. I'm a single mother with two kids. Do I want to go earn $10, $10 an hour at flipping burgers at Burger King? Or do I want to earn $150 an hour making a little bit of Ethereum and then converting it back into US dollars to pay for my apartment, to pay for my food, to pay for my kid's education? The mom's obviously going to go want to go work in the metaverse or, or wherever and earn way more money using by being paid in Ethereum and then having it appreciate on top of it relative to getting paid to flip burgers and having inflation decrease her purchasing power. So I, I think that's why there's a strong value and a strong narrative being held here that there is real value here because what's happening and what we're doing right now, it's just not working and it's showing. And your hypothesis about aliens and uh, printing money, you know, we proved that on our country's uh, case. Uh, have you heard of Yugoslavia? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we were part of Yugoslavia, and we were central planning system uh, uh, system, and we was we were just printing and printing and printing, and boom! Mm -hmm. Imagine what hyperinflation. <laughs> so we yeah, I, yeah, and so, so just, the, yeah. Go ahead, that, go ahead, go ahead. That's all for uh, what solved it, uh, solved it for us was the euroization, but it was unilaterally, and uh, even our, our government doesn't know how they pulled it. You know, and so what euro was for us back then, You, th I think that you want to say that Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum and the cryptocurrencies are now for the world. Yeah, I, I and I agree. And I think it's going to help elevate a lot of countries that have just not been able to move up in the world because of the way the current system is designed, because it's centralized, because it's I need to step on someone else's neck in order to get dot, 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 whether it's oil, whether it's you know, resources and then, you know, trade wars start happening and all this other shit. Like, and again, a lot of it just comes from this idea that like we need power. One person needs to control most of the power. And like, that's not how we should be operating as humans. As humans, we should be going, you are my brother. I am your brother. You are my sister. I am your sister. I want to see you doing well in life. And I know you want to see me do well in life. But there's, again, we, we were born into this world where like, especially in America and Western culture, where it's just like, fuck you. I'm going to get mine. I don't care what it takes. And if it means stepping on your neck, then so be it. Hope you can figure out how to eat some breadcrumbs. Like that is a hard narrative that's pushed in America. And I absolutely hate it. I am the antichrist to that. And I want to get out there and get my message out there that like, 
I will help you build wealth. But when you get your wealth, learn what enough is. Don't think that you need to continue just perpetually consuming and perpetually stepping on next because this number is going to give you happiness. It's not. I know that there's a creative person inside of you. I know there's something that you can do for this world that will help benefit the world. Um, and, and another thing I just wanted to point out too, you know, uh, I'm backtracking a little bit here on my thought, but like when we say the pre- the Fed prints more money, like they're not literally printing more money. They're printing a portion of it, but like they're just adding zeros to a ledger. And so like, what is Bitcoin? What are other, what are these other centralized, what are these other decentralized things? It's all an electronic ledger. Like the Fed is an electronic ledger at this point. And again, and, and I think people get misconstrued that they literally print billions of dollars. They don't literally print, they print a small portion of it and then they just add zeros to an electronic ledger. And so if you position this stuff ever so slightly, just in the right perspective, all of this digital asset cryptocurrency stuff doesn't sound so crazy. In fact, it even sounds logical relative to the shit we're doing right now. Do you have anything? I want to ask you, did you have fun in this episode? Did I have Oh, yeah, dude. This was a great episode. I really appreciated you, uh, both of you, Luca and Pitar, uh, asking me questions. And like I said, you know, now that you guys know me, like, don't hesitate to reach out. Like, hey, Zach, I heard about this token. Hey, Zach, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Like, don't think like, well, you know, this is the one and only time you're ever going to be able to reach out to me and talk to me. Like, I want to help you guys get ahead. I want to help everyone get ahead. Obviously, I have a limited amount of time to do that. So one of the things I do in order to help me do the things I need to do is I put all of my my positions on an Excel spreadsheet um, that I update monthly on my Patreon platform. And so that's $10.56 a month. It's literally the cost of a Starbucks breakfast. You know, again, if you're serious about this stuff and, and you really want to help with it, I do the one-on-one financial coaching. I also help help you like figure out how to get things set up. I'll help you identify real estate deals. Like I'll help you do all of that for literally the cost of a Starbucks breakfast. With that said, you can still come to me with stuff and I will still help you for free on occasion. Um, it's just, I like to get real support from real people to help me with marketing costs and things like that. So I can build my message faster. Uh, Zach, thank you very much. Uh, we, we unfortunately don't have time. Uh, yeah, no, for, I know, but, but no, I, I, I would talk to you for two more hours, but yeah. unfortunately, you know, platforms don't, don't care. Yeah. Uh, but to leave you uh, with a compliment, I like your watch and I like your hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. That, that, that felt good. Um, that's great. I'll be walking around, I'll be strutting around the airport being like, yeah, I got. I was told my hair looked good from some gentlemen in Europe. Like, I feel amazing right now. <laughs> and tattoos, uh, no, too. <laughs> what's that? And tattoos, too. And tattoos, too. Um, Dude, honestly, like, I love it when people have to cut me off or cut us off and, like, look at the time and be like, okay, like, I could talk to you for hours, but, like, we got to go. That genuinely always means that it was a good episode and there's good content here. And the people listening to your guys' podcast, I hope they get a lot out of this. And, again, you, both of you, reach out to me. Don't be a stranger. Ask me questions about stuff. I want to help you guys get ahead. And to your listeners, again, come over to my platform, start absorbing some of these things I'm saying, and let's get you ahead and design the life you want to live. Appreciated. Very appreciated. So shout out to my friend, Zach. Can we call you Zach? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. 
go watch uh, or, or listen. I don't know if you have video version. I know for audio, do it yourself. Wealth podcast. Yep. And let's see our listeners yep. next week. Fantastic. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it's DIY wealth. And then, um, yeah, I'm working on potentially doing a video stuff, but right now it's audio only. But again, thank you guys again for your time. I really appreciate both of you and we'll be in touch. Thank you, Zach. See. We stay genuine, uncensored and unscripted. And we always will, as we have to order our usual. Share us and subscribe us and stay tuned until the next Wednesday. Iguzo!